away at the corner of Carnegie and Ontario. Hey everybody, welcome back to Mad Dog Pod. I'm Nate. I'm Gabe. I'm Andrew. Today we're going to be breaking down the Browns versus Ravens game week one, talking about all the disappointment that came from that game. And then we'll be giving a little preview of the Browns versus Bengals game on Thursday night football, where we'll be playing against Joe Burrow. Um, I believe that game's in Cleveland and there will be 6,000 fans in attendance, so we'll see how that goes. But we'll start off with the disappointing part. This will probably be the most like depressing episode we've recorded. Um, the Browns lost, and the Browns lost bad. Do you guys have any like immediate reactions from that game? Um, I don't want us to be too like condescending, dismissive of the season, or like just downright like down on our team, but. That's like how we all feel right now. Yeah. Um, So in the second episode of the podcast, we did a Browns preview, and I predicted we would lose 27 to 10. I said we'd get stomped by the Ravens. And so – and even I was surprised by how bad the game was. I said we would lose 27-10. We lost 38 to 6. And I – can't say I'm not worried. My first reactions were they look like the same team they did last year. They look exactly the same. It doesn't look different. Um, but that's my immediate reaction to the game. Yeah, for me, I mean, it definitely did look like the same old Browns that we saw last year. What is it now? 16 game ones in a row that we've uh, not won. I mean, you can't say the Browns never win game one, but then again, we also never have winning seasons. So, I mean, what are we supposed to expect from the Browns this year? Oh, seven Derek Anderson. I mean, I mean it, nothing looked good. The play calling didn't look anything good. Uh, Baker Mayfield didn't look good. Uh, Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb were all right, but they didn't get the ball enough. I mean, Kareem Hunt did, but Nick Chubb only 10 carries? What? What the hell is this? There was no play action from Kevin Stefanski at all. He looked terrible. Looked like Freddie Kitchens 2.0. I don't want to call him that, but that's what he looked like. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Odell, he kind of wasn't there. And then, he, like, he would make Here's a good penalty. play, but then he'd make a bad play. And it was yeah. like, man, we just looked this, like the same old Browns. I mean, I'm really hoping we can turn it around Thursday. Uh, but, yeah. I've I've one stat to throw out real quick, um, and I, I we mentioned this on Twitter. Um, the Browns haven't had a hundred yard rusher in the opening game, besides Terrence West. That's the only person that's ever done it. Uh, he had and he had exactly a hundred yards, and it's just the first game, like games, is always terrible for us for some reason. I don't know why we can't do it. But we just can't start off on the right foot for some reason. I think on that stat, I don't want to get too off topic, but to be to be fair to Chubb and Kareem Hunt, like when you're down 21, like multiple touchdowns, even in the second quarter, you're not going to be running the ball too much. Like Kareem Hunt had 72 yards on 13 carries and Chubb had 60 on 10. So they're both almost at six yards per carry. It's just like yeah. in, in this game, we can't be running the ball that much. We have to be getting – like if we want any chance, we have to be getting long, like quick drives. Yeah, so, yeah. but also the fact that there's no 100-yard rushers really yeah, just, show you that usually you aren't in the game. Yeah, for the Browns, which yep. is disappointing. Yeah, I don't – like statistically, they didn't play bad, obviously. Like uh, their averages were good. No, like 10 carries for 60 yards. Oh, you're talking about the running backs. I yeah, the running like, backs. No, no, no. Yeah. Okay. No, no, no. And – Ch- or, uh, Kareem Hunt had like 5.5 yards per carry, which statistically is good. And they both had some pretty long runs of 22 yards and 29 yards. But, you know, we weren't in the red zone enough to run them in for a touchdown. And 
don't know. I, I'm pretty sure I can't remember exactly what our third down uh, complete, you know, conversion stat was. But it wasn't good. It, I can tell it wasn't good just from watching the game. Like, yeah, I mean, just – I mean, the refs probably converted more first downs for us than the offense, actually. Yeah, the one drive where we had three straight first downs all off of uh, flags. I think that was the one big concern that I got from it. Like, I, too, don't know exactly what the stat was, but I remember on one drive it popped up and we were 0 for 5 on third down conversions. And most of them, it was like third and six or longer, which you never really want to see. Um for yeah. me, the immediate reaction was just depressed. Like, I was watching with a bunch of my friends who uh, I live in the same house as, and, like, of course, none of them are Browns fans. I don't go to school in Ohio. So they were all just making fun of me the whole time, making fun of Baker. I'm, like, a big Baker super fan, and it was just it was just hard to watch, like most Browns games end up being. Yeah, I, I mean, like, honestly, after the game, I just wasn't embarrassed. Like, usually that's like an embarrassing performance and you're embarrassed to be a fan. But I just didn't feel that. I was just like, it is what it is. It's always going to be like this. Just accept it. Well, when you're watching the game with a bunch of people who aren't a fan of the Browns and they're just a fan of, you know, winning teams, it's a little embarrassing, all right? So, (laughs) I mean, for me, it, it was pretty embarrassing, especially at halftime when I knew the game was over. And I was just like, "All right, come on, let's just point some, bo- let's just put some points on the board." And meanwhile, <laughs> over on that screen, Washington's coming back from down seventeen and beating the yeah. Eagles. I'm Shout like, "Shout out to Haskins and geez, Chase Young." And what the what the hell? Yeah, I had the same thing going. Really, I was extremely embarrassed to be a Browns fan yesterday. Um, I think now, I mean, everyone who's listening to this who's a Browns fan probably felt the same way. Super sad. Typical Browns Sunday. Um, now we'll go into specifics on what went wrong, specific players who underperformed. It's a laundry list of people, but we'll just highlight the big ones. Um, I'll start out with Baker. I don't think Baker was as horrendous as people said yesterday. I think a lot of it comes down to the play calling. But regardless of that, like 21 of 39, only 189 yards, an interception that was tipped, but still an interception and just a lot of bad reads on coverages, a lot of missed open receivers. Like there was a play when Hooper was wide open. I remember another one with Jarvis and Odell were wide open. It was the play when he actually threw the interception. Jarvis was literally standing like right where the first down was. He just threw it to Hodge for some reason, instead of throwing to his favorite target Jarvis for a first down. And his just decision, his decision making didn't really like it just wasn't there. And even on the sideline, when they would zoom in on him, he looked off, which was really concerning for me as someone who's like very supportive of Baker and thinks Baker can turn it around with our team. Um, yesterday definitely made me question that. Yeah. Um, you know, I sort of I was sort of on the Baker train coming into this season I mean I was really disappointed on his performance from last year and I was like I need to see something different you know like even if he plays bad this first game if he shows that he progressed in some way then I'll be happy um he didn't didn't look like it it looked the same exact problems thrown behind receivers throwing it he it's weird he lost his accuracy that he had in his rookie year and he had in Oklahoma. I I, I don't know. I, I Obviously, I think he's more of a rhythm QB, right? So I we'll get into Stefanski later. But, I, again, I agree with you. I didn't like the play calling for him. But, honestly, like, he's a system QB. He's not good enough to overcome, like, bad plays. Like, like bad, bad calls. He's not good enough. So, like, we – Honestly, he's not worth the. He wasn't worth the first overall pick. I I hate to say that, but like, if you're just a if you're just a guy that can perform well in a good system, you're not the first overall pick. You you shouldn't have been the first overall pick, and unless he shows something different, um, yeah. 
Well, I think that's the most negative you can get on Baker Mayfield. But, uh, I mean, yeah, he just didn't look good. That's for certain. Uh, I think there's still some hope for him, obviously. Uh, He can still turn it around this season. And, I mean, I'm not going to completely throw him under the bus. But, I mean, Kevin Stefanski should have helped him more. Obviously, I mean, like – Baker is uh, – you have to get – he has to get into his rhythm. He's that type of quarterback. And obviously, I would love to see him start making plays outside the system. And that doesn't mean, like, you know, on the move, you know, like Russell Wilson and Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson, those type of guys who can just make a play on their own outside of the pocket. Like, you can make plays – outside of the system while being inside of the pocket, like a guy Mm. like Tom Brady or Drew Brees can do, you know, it doesn't have to be like flashy on the move throw. You can make big plays in big moments from inside the pocket. That's what he needs to realize. Cause I mean, yeah, you can just run the system and everything and that can get you wins. But in order to be a top quarterback, you need to start making some plays that when the defense throws something at you that, you know, you don't see coming and you can get out of it. Like that's what we need to see from him. And right now we haven't seen that from him. And I think we need to start by just getting him in rhythm, getting him some wins and getting him some good statistics just by following the system. And then I think he can get to that point where he starts making those superstar like plays that we expected from him. I mean, have we, but like, have we ever seen that from him? I think in the first ever. year. I think his first did. year, you can say. We did see some plays that he, he would make that was like, wow, like that's awesome. He can yeah. make that throw into that tight window. And like, it's not supposed to be there, but hey, he makes it work. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, he had the, when he first came in the Jets game, he had that Landry throw where he threw it right over the back shoulder of the defender. And then he had a couple throws in that Broncos game. And, and then all game. of all of his time at Oklahoma, you would see him like improvising with obviously he had like a top team, but improvising in the pocket, getting out of the pocket and making plays happen, regardless of what the defense threw at him. And he showed the potential for that rookie year. But I don't know if it's like a con- I don't think it's a confidence thing. I don't know if it's like a yeah. personnel <laughs> thing or like not getting he doesn't have like a connection with the coaches or something, but there's something wrong with Baker that is making it so that that flair and that like unique ability that like a Russ has and a Lamar has and a Mahomes has, and that Baker showed the potential of having, it's just disappeared. Yeah. And one thing like Dan Orlovsky on ESPN, you know, he said he tweeted it out too. Like uh, he said it this morning as well, that, Baker needs to like stop trying to be like those guys and because he keeps failing at it and try to be more like a Drew Brees, Tom Brady, those guys that stay in the pocket and just make dimes. All right? that, well, that's not as easy. And, as, that's yeah. easier said than done. Yes, obviously it is. But I think I, I just think you're getting way too down on Baker and I don't, saying I, that he's see, not. Did you see any improvement? A good pick. Did you see any improvement? I think okay. Well, I don't think he's a bad pick. I, I he's, like I'm just saying like Lamar Jackson shows that he can make plays out of like all these quarterbacks can make plays like out of nowhere. He doesn't seem to be able to do it. I think when we're talking about this, and honestly, just this game in general, we do have to keep in mind that like Baker Mayfield has had four different offensive coordinators, four different head coaches in two seasons plus a game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this team hasn't had any preseason games with each other with a new head coach, new coordinators, and new personnel offensively and defensively in terms of players. And we got thrown into playing against a team that, with the exception of Lamar Jackson, has been together for a while. They've had the same coordinators. They've had the same head coach for almost a decade now. And they're a well-built team. They dominated the regular season last year. They had the returning MVP, and we we're playing away. It was probably the worst. It's actually, no, it is the worst game in our schedule in terms of difficulty, and it got put in the worst possible spot because yeah. we do have a new team. So I don't want to throw Baker out yet because just, we I'll have the think, shot of the like of yeah. everything working out. 
I'll just say this real quick. Um, I understand like struggling like that, like new system, obviously it's gone, but I, I don't want to keep being down on Baker, but inaccuracy isn't on the coaches. That's not on the coaches. Yeah, that is the one thing that I'm worried about. Yeah. Under throwing guys and yeah. throwing throwing behind guys a lot. You can you can have four different systems, but that shouldn't impact your accuracy. Maybe I don't. I probably don't know enough about football, like the quarterback position or how coaches impact that. But you know, he had a bu- bunch of first down opportunities that he missed, and he had also. It's fair to mention that he had some guys let him down, and. and on the on the field so yeah yeah like a couple dropped balls from odell um a couple plays that odell gave up on it overall wasn't the best performance to like set baker up for the new system yeah Yeah, Um, agree one thing before we move on to any other players that uh underperformed that i do want to touch on is the system itself and like what we were expecting when we heard Kevin Stefanski was coming in and Austin Hooper was coming in and we were going to be running a lot of two tight ends, two running back situations, he ran 65% of his plays were play action with two tight ends on the field last year or something crazy like that. And Baker last year was a top five quarterback when running play action. Um, heading into the game, I would I was like talking about the guys I was watching with. I was like, oh, th- this is going to be like a play action play. Like get ready for a lot of play action with Nick Chubb. What, like, where was the play action from Stefanski? I didn't notice it. I didn't – it wasn't a big part of our offense. I don't even remember a play action play that was – like, that happened in the game. And that's the thing that was concerning for me. Like, if you're getting into a new system, you want to start the game off with what the quarterback's comfortable with. Baker's clearly comfortable with play action. Our head coach is literally comfortable with play action. I'm sure Nick Chubb is fine faking a handoff every once in a while. Where was it? Why didn't we – why wasn't the first play of our drive on the on the first drive a play-action play? Like, why weren't we trying to get Baker in a rhythm? It just really didn't make sense all around from, like, what we were doing. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Austin Hooper, like, where the hell was this guy? I mean, we kind of saw him as maybe, you know, being a bright spot on this offense and – two targets, two receptions for 15 yards, that's just not going to cut it. Like, especially for what we were promised, sort of, out of this Kevin Stefanski system, it's not good, all right? Like, that's what you don't like to see. I mean, shout out David Njoku. He kind of played well. Uh, had some good plays, even though we didn't really expect much from him. But he kind of showed up, but, you got but still. Again. Yeah, I mean – Nick Chubb should have gotten the ball a little bit more in the you know first half, and we just weren't getting into the position to put ourselves there to win. Like it just we were just kind of playing catch up. Yeah, and it just didn't look good. Yeah. So when you're doing play action, you have to set up the threat of the run first. That's how you make play action work. Yep. If the team fears you running. And to I be honest, know, when you have Nick really Chubb cares. and Kareem Hunt in the backfield, yeah, they yeah. should fear you. By, by, by name value alone, they should be. I yeah, think, yeah. and I think they were. They were. They were like, we have to stop their running game. So that's yep. why I agree with Nate. You you run off a play action bootleg off the start, and you mm-hmm. try and get twenty to fifteen yards down the field, maybe with a tight end cutting across yeah. the field, because they yeah. know you're going to try and run. Why not do it? And like. You get a new coach, and it literally looks like Freddie Kitchens is still calling the plays. Yep. That fake punt, I – why call it? Why? Yeah, like, especially, like, in a game where we had already given up points and we were on our own 30-fucking-yard line. I, I like the idea, and I have faith in Jamie Gillen running the ball. Like, he's a rugby <laughs> guy. Like, he can probably do it. He looked fine, but – a, Sendejo needs to fucking block on that play. He would have yeah. had the first yeah. down if Sendejo just blocked the dude. But B, like, that isn't the type of aggressiveness that we need. I yeah. like that we were being aggressive, but on our own 30, yeah. on the, I think it was the second drive of the game, why are we calling a fake punt? Yeah. Like, they showed, but the thing was is that Tennessee 
showed the game plan to beat Baltimore. Mm-hmm. You have to get ahead early. Early. If you yep. get ahead early and you have a good running game, you can win the game. Because if the you ball. force Lamar Jackson to throw 60 times, that's what you want to do. And obviously he's shown that, especially in that game, that was one of the best games he's had throwing the ball. He looked great throwing the ball, I got to say. Um, but yeah. you still I mean, want him to throw 60 times. didn't put any times. pressure on him, though, like at he's, all. Yeah. You still – Want to see him throw 60 times, though. And Nick Chubb was right behind Derrick Henry in terms of rushing yards. He's up there, especially with Kareem Hunt. So I don't understand taking a gamble like that. Now you just – if you don't get it, you put yourself in a deeper hole, and the Baltimore Ravens, as they always do with every team, are going to suck the life out of you defensively and offensively. And also, a play like that, you give that defense even more confidence, even even more confidence than they already had. Um, yeah, but. Th- that was my biggest issue with the play was like at that point, it was literally like we put all of our eggs in that basket that that play happened because the momentum of the game was reliant on that play going our way. And the second that it messed up, the Baltimore fan, the Baltimore uh, special teams unit like runs down, gets their little picture in front of the camera. They get all hyped. They run to the sideline. Lamar gets back on and there's just zero momentum for us. And yeah. like, Watching that play sucks the life out of, like, Baker, of Chubb, of everybody on the sideline and all the fans. And, like, from as soon as that fake punt happened, I, like, knew the game was over, even though it was only, like, 7-0 at the time. Yeah, you knew Lamar was going to go down. They were going to score some way. Um, You knew they were going to get points. They were not – especially with Justin Tucker. Like, you're at least getting three points every time you get in the red zone. But also – you know the way to suck a life out of the defense? You run the ball. You gash them for multiple yards. You just keep running it down their throats. And, and we and we have the personnel for it. We have the offensive line yeah, for it like now. Nick and we have the two of the best running backs in the league. Nick Chubb gets tired. Oh well, you got Kareem Hunt as your as your second. Like it's just it's frustrating. It's 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 just frustrating. That's how I can sum up the play calling in one word. Frustrating. Yeah. I want, to, I want to go to sort of on the defensive end now a little bit more and look at just, like, our linebackers play terrible. Like, the only person in our secondary who was really doing anything was Denzel Ward. He was sort of locking down, like, one side of the field. And Lamar Jackson knew that, and he just started targeting certain players on our defense where he would just throw the ball to his guy in that area, and it was just an easy catch because guys like Sendejo – and our linebackers were not doing anything, and they looked kind of dead. So I, I kind of want to maybe put that not just on the players, but also Joe Woods. I mean, he probably should start, you know, like lighting a fire under these guys, get them to elevate their game like Robert Sala does, you know, with the 49ers defensive uh, coordinator. You know, because, like, I mean, like I said uh, before the season started, these guys aren't – that great they're kind of average so if you can get them to up their game you can have a good defensive unit and that just was not what was shown uh, yesterday and I I did not like to see it yeah Yeah. this is something that I talked a lot about either in our season preview or just in other Browns episodes it's like the lack of that guy on our defense who's going to be there to motivate the defense be there to lead the defense I thought Mac Wilson would do it this year but obviously he's hurt um, Miles Garrett doesn't seem like he's vocal enough on the field to do it. He leads by example, though. Yeah, Miles yeah. Garrett leads by example. Not, but but we need that course, dude. But yeah, and like even mm-hmm. last year, it was Christian Kirksey who didn't play a fucking game. He was injured <laughs> the whole time, but he was our hype man. And losing him and Schobert, like we lost that guy that we could look to yeah. to hype us up on the sideline, get us ready for the next defensive play. And like even if it's Baker talking to the defense or something, we need somebody there to make these guys play better than they are. Because if they if our defense plays at their like at their actual level, we will probably lose games and we will not be as good as we can be. Mm-hmm. We need them to up their level especially while Mac Wilson is injured and especially while we're like getting used to yeah. all the new stuff yeah. for us to have a chance. Because like with that current secondary, especially the safeties and in particular uh the linebackers like 
We are not set up to stop teams on defense. We need them to overperform. We need them to be a unit, and they just weren't last night. Yeah. It, mm-hmm. they, just, they just looked confused the whole game. The hope was is that our pressure on the quarterback would help the secondary and the linebackers. Couldn't get pressure on the quarterback, um, so that didn't help. I mean, Ogunjobi and Miles were really the only people. Olivier Vernon was non-existent. Yeah, I don't. Um, I didn't real. I forgot he was even on the field that entire game. He wasn't yeah, doing yeah. anything. Um. So, and then you know the guy that would fit perfectly for this team, Jamal Adams. Yeah. I yep. mean, you watched him with Seattle. That dude is a beast. Why yep. couldn't we trade for him? I would give my first. I'd give up first round picks for that. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That dude is amazing. He you, was. They should have done anything yeah. to get that kid. Watching him on Sunday, like he was making plays all over the field, like he was, you know, his own secondary. All right, this yeah. dude is crazy good. He's a vocal leader, and yeah. exactly what we kind of need on our defense right he's now. He's on a new team, and he's already mm-hmm. the leader of the defense. Yep, that's what. Crazy. That, and then, so uh, I want to give a shout out to Larry Ogunjobi. As I said, he played well. I like, he was no, very good. He was good. He was really good. Um. But God, that secondary—not yeah. Denzel Ward, but the safeties. Yeah. We we said they were going to be a problem with Delpit going out. Um, yeah. Also, uh, Her- uh, Ronnie Harrison didn't play, so hopefully he, because he's still getting yeah. acclimated. So hopefully he actually will help. That I think he yeah. will. He's an up. He's an upgrade over both of the guys. Um, yeah, and then Phillips got injured as well, so I know we yeah. won't see him for a couple of weeks. Yeah, he was in the, he was in a knee brace, according to his Instagram. Yeah, um, which but then isn't again, good. I, yeah, I, BJ Goodson looked terrible. Um, there's um, a re- Terrence there's Mitchell a re- was getting targeted all yeah. over the field and picked apart. Yeah, um, yeah, it was not good. Taki Taki wasn't bad. It's he just had too much on his shoulders. That like yeah. that's that's one thing that I don't want to blame this on the matchup that we had but like our defensive line every once in a while they would get through and like they would somewhat pressure but because it's lamar jackson he could just run to the side because he's faster than them and then get a pass over there like on either sideline and that puts a lot of pressure on our linebackers to either be there to fill the space to stop him from running and try to swat a pass or to like go and get him down after he scrambles or to be covering the middle of the field. And they were always caught in between the two. There was, it was always either Lamar scrambles, someone's open in the middle of the field because our linebackers are nowhere to be seen, or Lamar scrambles, our linebackers are like dropping back in coverage, and he gets like five yards on a scramble. Yeah. And I, I think uh, Taki Taki did a good job yeah. containing Lamar. I'll yeah. say that. And Lamar didn't run as much as he normally does. And I think we did a good he job. Yeah. He had like 40, 50 yards. Which, I mean, let's be honest. He didn't really need to the way yeah. we were covering. But, yeah. But, I don't know. It wasn't a terrible job covering him. Yeah. But we just – when we when he scrambled, he's not going to throw across the field. He's going to throw to the guy on the same sideline as him. And we weren't able to cover that. And that comes down to just like covering your zone. And, like, it's yeah. such a simple thing. That we continuously messed up. Like, why was Andrews always open when Lamar scrambled? Like, we know he yeah. likes to throw to him. Yeah. Just when, when, put a body on him. Like, yeah. When Lamar Jackson runs, he's cutting off half of the field. Yeah. You should. Yeah. It should be easier. Actually, I understand he's dynamic and running, but it should be easier to cover passes. Yeah, and but, like that's that's the thing that triggered me was it wasn't Lamar scrambling to either sideline and then getting yards on his feet. It was Lamar scrambling to either sideline and us not being able to cover half of the fucking field. Yeah. Like, everything happening on the opposite side doesn't matter because he's not going to throw across his body. It's like the first thing quarterbacks are taught. I mean, once, once the Ravens get into the red zone, okay, and they're passing the ball, there is one guy that you have to cover. Yeah. Double-team him if you have to. It's Mark Andrews. And obviously mm-hmm. they did make a play to Willie Sneed that you know kind of was like different, but – Still, Mark Andrews had two touchdowns, and it was like the exact same thing right over the middle. No one's covering him. Like there was a guy within five feet. He kind of just watched the ball. It was it was terrible. Yeah. Did I mean? Did they think it was a fluke from last year or something? The guy's good. He's a great tight end. Like I I just he's the best target they have. 
you, I mean, you have to double team him to be honest in the red zone. Like yeah. he's going to get those touchdowns. If you don't do anything about it, force them to get out of their system. Force, force Hollywood Brown and Willie Sneed and Boykin to beat you. Yeah. And force the wide receivers to beat your guys on one-on-one coverage. Yeah, and that does not mean Anderson Deho just giving yeah, Hollywood Brown I'm, yeah, a 40-yard reception. Yeah, I'm not about putting Anderson Deho one-on-one <laughs> coverage of uh, Hollywood Brown. Yeah, because that was just atrocious, that one play. Also, he kind of just let him get it and watched. Also, one note, Hollywood Brown looks like he's going to be really good. Really yeah, like maybe maybe a, like a lesser version of Tyreek Hill or something like that. Yeah, but – Oh, like if we're looking for the Browns in the future, they got Lamar Jackson who's really young. They got Hollywood Brown who's really young. Like, yeah, that's dangerous. That is that's dangerous. I, I would have liked to see Denzel cover him a little bit more. That would have yeah, been true. nice. And they but, have J.K. Dobbins now. Oh my god! Oh my god! Yeah, shout out to him. Two touchdowns. Amazing. He showed player. up when he needed to. Like, just snuck right through our defense like it was nothing. Yeah. I think now, um, obviously, there are so many more things that we can touch on, whether it's Odell dropping passes and giving up on plays or just even more holes in our defense. Austin Seibert missing an extra point and an easy field goal. Cody Parkey just got added to the 53. Yeah, and and Seibert's been cut because of that. Cody Parkey's in, which I'm fine with. I'd honestly be much happier if we just pulled Phil Dawson's ass out of retirement. Yeah. But I mean, Cody Parkey's not much better, probably. So yeah. I mean, looking at that Dolphins game from like four or five years ago, uh, when game. he missed, you know, like four kicks and we lost to the Dolphins because of it. You know, he has these tendencies to miss kicks in big moments, and the Bears game showed that as well. Where you know they were in the playoffs, needed a kick to win, and he missed. Yeah, but rather than diving too much into more depressing aspects of our team from that game, I think we should move on to discussing what it this Bengals game means for us, what we should expect from this game, Bengals game. Um, if we want to have a shot this year at even making the playoffs at this point, what we need from this Bengals game. And overall, just preview it. Um, for me personally, I I think this Bengals game is a must win. I know that's yes. like it's like weird to say that about the second game of the season, but if we're being realistic here, the Ravens and the Steelers will both go 500 at least. Like the, the Ravens are easily going to go 500. They're a top team in the AFC right now, whether I like to admit that or not. And the Steelers, Mike Tomlin, always finds a way to get them to 500. They have a strong defense. They'll do it. We need to win against the Bengals. We need to win the games that we're supposed to win if we want to have a chance at getting a wild card spot. Um, so I think that this is 100% a must-win game. I personally think we will win it, but based off how Joe Burrow played, I think it'll be more challenging than it should be. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, game? I think – I mean, I watched the Bengals-Chargers game basically fully i mean i had a bet on it so you know i was i was glued to the tv the whole time and i mean they were playing very conservative if you kind of watch the game it seemed more of like a defensive game than anything there was not a lot of offense on the field obviously joe burrow made that one play where he got the touchdown where he ran and just ran around his blocker and you know it was kind of wide open but they didn't look great I would say Chargers didn't look great either, except on defense. They looked pretty good. But uh, Joe Mixon didn't have a good game. Uh, but then again, looking at last year, guess who killed us and we lost at the end of the year to the Bengals? Joe Mixon. So we're going to have to shut that down this time. And I think we're going to have to try and make Joe Burrow beat us on defense, which I don't like to say because our defensive secondary looked terrible. But – I think we have to look to the offense more on this game, actually, because that's what we were struggling with in this last game. So, yeah. It's it's weird. After putting up six points, I have more faith that the offense can get it right than the defense can get it right. Yeah. Um, maybe that's just because of the talent. But 
I'm really worried about AJ Green and Tyler Broy running all over that secondary. Yeah, another another player was CJ Ozuma or Ozoma yeah. or whatever however you say his name. Like Burrow was finding that dude everywhere on the field, and he was getting in rhythm with him. So we need to watch him, especially how we. He's a tight end, right? With, yeah, especially how we played with Mark Andrews yeah. on defense. Like um, it was. I'm worried about that defense. I think honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a high-scoring game. Um, yeah. Um, what we need to see from the offense: play action early and often. Okay. You know, maybe you want to start. You know, first drive. You know, maybe you do two straight runs, three straight runs. I'm fine with that. You know, just set up the run game early. But we have to see play action. There's no way they can throw out the same game plan they did in this game and win against the Bengals. I know the Bengals aren't that good, but that offensive performance was pathetic in both um, play calling and um, just actual play. They need to be better on basically every facet of the offensive game. Um, Baker needs to be more accurate. I just – I don't know that – I mean, it's easier said than done, but – he just has to be. You can't you and you can't cost yourself multiple chances to extend drives because you can't throw the ball in their correct spot. Um, I think that is the one thing that I'm going to be looking for. Like if on our first drive, on the first like three snaps, I don't see a play action call. I'm gonna be on team fire Stefanski. Like that's what he does. That's what Baker's best at. We have the running backs to terrify any defense into falling for play action, especially early in the game. Like, we should be able to, on the first play of a game, run a play action where we fake the ball to Nick Chubb. Defense will probably bite because a lot of teams like to run for, like, a four-yard carry just to start off a drive. We should be able to get, like, a 15-yard pass to Jarvis. Like, I don't think that's too much to ask. Is a play action pass, we let Baker throw to his favorite guy, Jarvis, let him get like a five-yard pass just to get some form of rhythm. And that's all I want to see from this game is show me why you hired Stefanski. Like show me why he won the job. He won the job because he works with – he should work with Baker. Our offense is essentially a more talented version of what he had in Minnesota. They don't play like it, but it it should work out to be a more talented version of the Minnesota team. We have – Nick Chubb's just a better version of Dalvin Cook. We have better wide receivers or comparable wide receivers, I guess. Um, and Baker, whether he performs like it or not, should be considered more talented than Kirk Cousins. He isn't better than him right now in any sense. But we have the team to run the Stefanski system. So show me the goddamn Stefanski system in the next game. I want it to look like I'm watching a Vikings game from last season I want Baker to be faking the ball to Nick Chubb, passing to Jarvis as much as possible. And I want Nick Chubb to be pounding the defense over and over again, switch the ball off between Chubb and Kareem, and just dominate the game. Like, this shouldn't be a competitive game, and we shouldn't be worried about this game. But our season is going to rely on us winning games like this, no matter how unimportant they may seem especially coming from a Browns fan's perspective. Like someone tells me yeah. two, two years ago, we're playing the Bengals. No one cares. Neither team has anything to win from it. But we need this game. And yeah. we, we need to show improvement. At, yeah. least, at least in terms of like playing like a team. I don't care if we win this game by one point and it's like seven to six. I just want to see <laughs> us do what we're supposed to be doing. Like Stefanski, call your plays. I liked your signing. I liked when we signed you because of the type of plays you call. Just act like you're in Minnesota. My um, do your job. My my worries about Stefanski after the game one, I'm not going to say have been realized. Like it, partially though, I was afraid that the mastermind behind the Vikings offense was Gary Kubiak, the <laughs> guy that was over top of Stefanski and was really more connected with the head coach than Stefanski was. At least that's what I've heard from reports. I'm worried that Kubiak was the reason why the offense, the offense of the Vikings was good and not Stefanski. And if Stefanski doesn't turn out to be the guy, oh, I'm going to 
I really wanted McDaniels when they were too. going for the hire. And what he's doing with Cam Newton, especially that first game, looked really good. Um, I just – I yeah. hope Stefanski's the guy. But if he's not, you know, we'll be kicking ourselves for not signing McDaniels. Yeah. I mean, one more thing, just like looking at the Bengals game, is I, I kind of want to sort of predict that it's going to look like the Jets game from last year. You know, I th- that was Thursday night football or Monday night football. And, you know, it was at home. Or, wait, actually, no, it wasn't. It's at, it was, at, it was, it was at New York. Yeah, but still, like, we came out and we just kind of beat them. And that's all it was. And we looked good. And, but I mean, it was against the Jets and everyone was kind of like, oh, the Browns might be looking like how we expected them to look after a terrible loss week one. And I mean, it sort of fell apart the rest of the season, but I really hope we just look great, beat them up, win the game and just go on to week three. Cause I, man, I mean, I hope that it'll be good for us to get another, you know, like week and a half rest and figure everything out too after this Thursday night game. So, yeah. Yeah. uh, One thing that I heard from Browns players, you know, maybe the fans are panicking, but it doesn't seem like they're panicking. Um, They seem pretty level-headed after loss. Obviously they're mad, but Miles – didn't seem to panic that much. Baker was like, you know, you get hit in the, you get punched in the face. It's a good wake up call. We need to be better. Um, but honestly, I, you know, I hope, like, I don't want to say this early in the season. It's a must win because it, sh- it shouldn't be. But it really feels like this week is a must win. Like mm-hmm. they have to show that they are different. Mm-hmm. I think. I think if we can bounce back and win this game, we and we can just put the Ravens game behind us, we'll be fine. We have 10 days rest after this game. Just Even if it's just relying on how talented our team is and we just scrape through, just get through this game, get our 10 days rest. We then play Washington, which should also be an easy win. And then we get into the real season when we go to Dallas. But if we can just scrape by this game, I don't care – how bad it looks. I just want us to win. I think we should be dominating. I think it should look like the Jets game from last year, but I really don't care. I just want us to get through this game, get a W, then figure everything the fuck out in the next 10 days, beat Washington, and get ready for a real game in Dallas on October 4th. But honestly, like we're playing a Thursday night football game against a team who looked somewhat decent and Joe Burrow looked pretty good only four days after we got embarrassed. like We had the worst performance of, of the week. Yeah, easily. And I, I don't yeah. want to be like the Debbie Downer, but like Thursday night could go south. And I, I yeah. wouldn't be too surprised because we are only getting – it's four days after a horrible game, not much time for Stefanski. I don't know if he even can fix things, but not much time for him to try to fix things. Yeah. And mm-hmm. like, if, they, if they go out on Thursday and have a good performance – that will say a lot about this team that they're yeah. mentally tough and they can put a bad performance like that behind them. That will say a lot. Yes. One thing I thought was funny I saw on Twitter was Tankathon already has us as the number one pick. You know, that site, you know, they have everything for throughout the whole year. I thought it was funny, you know, putting up six points puts us in that number one position. But I know we're not going to finish there. I know we're going to come back and do well. So. Let's see it. Yeah, I think that's the attitude of all Browns fans for this Thursday night game. Like, you have a win on a silver platter. Their defense isn't anything special. Just show us something, Baker. Show us something, Stefanski. I know that if we put the ball in Nick Chubb's hands, he will get 100 yards if we give him enough carries to do it. Like, I have faith that Kareem Hunt can do the same thing. I just need to see Baker step up. And I need to see someone take over the defense and be that leader who can keep us all together. And that's all I want to see. I just want to see, like, a confident and a smart Baker on Thursday. Even if he only throws, like, two touchdowns, I'm okay with it. I just want him to seem like he knows what he's doing and seem like he's there. Yeah. Just, like, have the system that we should expect – Give Baker some play actions and let him be confident. Like, give him 
the confidence that he needs to be Baker Mayfield. Because like you, I don't remember which one you said it, but one of you said it at the start of the podcast. Baker is very much a rhythm quarterback. You get in, him in his rhythm, and he has the ability to perform like a top-level player. But he's been out of rhythm for almost a full year now, and we just need to get him back confident. We need him to be like he was his rookie season where he's like joking around, he's celebrating in front of Hugh Jackson when we fired him, and he's just being Baker Mayfield. If we can get him back to the attitude that Baker Mayfield has, the Heisman attitude, the confidence, and the type of plays that Baker likes, we have a shot. But we just need a good game with easy passes. I don't care if he doesn't throw the ball more than 10 yards against Bengals. Just get him something that makes him feel like he's back to being the guy in Cleveland, and then we're good. I think mm-hmm. I think we're going to wrap up the podcast, but um, I just have a quick question for you guys. If, say, the Browns win this game on Thursday, but, like, again, there's no play action and the system doesn't look any different, will you guys be more happy or discouraged with that? Say that does happen. We win and we don't – it just looks like the same Browns last year because we were able to – to beat the Bengals last year, playing not a great system. I think I'll be pretty pissed, to be honest. Uh, I think the way the Bengals played didn't look as good uh, as it may have shown on you know the stat sheet or anything. They they really don't look completely put together. Uh, maybe a little bit more on the de- defensive side, but their offense is hasn't or they they didn't click. I'm gonna just say yesterday and. Uh, if we just if we if we win the game, I could easily see us winning this game, like you said, where we just kind of look like we did yesterday, but we still come out with a win. I'm still gonna be pissed just because we're not getting what we were promised, and it wouldn't look good for our future when we play an opponent like the Steelers, who have an outstanding defense that will just eat us alive. Yeah, I honestly would rather see like a 17 to 14 win where we're running a play action based system with a lot of running than a 28 to 0 win when it's our old system and we're just relying on talent to carry us to touchdowns. Like mm-hmm. I I just want to see Baker Mayfield plays. Like give him an easy play action. I don't care if it turns into like a 3 and out. Yeah. If we give Baker the plays that he likes, we will win that game, regardless of how poor our defense is and regardless of like what the scoreline is. We will win if we play a decent system for Baker. And I'd yeah. rather have that than a blowout where we don't run a Baker system and we just get lucky with like Odell. Well, it's just like superstar plays, you know? Yeah, yeah. If, exactly. if it's just like Odell making like an insane play or like Nick mm-hmm. Chubb breaking out for an 80-yard rush, I'd much yeah. rather see some boring-ass football with some play-action passes and a couple – and like a six-yard rush every other play and then flip in like a five-yard dump pass to Austin Hooper every play. And like I'd much rather see that. It's going to suck to watch, but that's how we win games. Despite on, the, on a record, despite how talented our team is, we're not going to win games by just lobbing the ball up to Odell and hoping he does something, and then just like flipping the ball to Kareem and saying like "Go run." We're going to win games by pounding the ball, by running play action, and using the fact that we have Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt in our backfield to scare teams and to set Baker up for passes. So I want a boring ass game of football. I mean, I would love if, like, obviously if Odell makes, like, some insane catch and, like, Nick Chubb breaks out for an insane rush. But I really just want to see Baker in a rhythm. He's my priority coming into the Bengals game, and I really hope he's Stefanski's priority too. Yeah, I think, uh, like, the best thing we could see is our average defensive players start to elevate their game and play as a unit and just play hard, you know, just – show some effort and then on the offensive side of the ball baker gets into a rhythm doesn't make superstar like plays but just does what he needs to do to get the offense going and i mean just give the ball to nick chubb too let that man do what he does best running their defense out and just making like big plays everywhere on the field just 
punch it in. Like that's what I think the best case scenario is for us. All I want to see from our, as you said, average defensive players, just play average. Because they didn't, they didn't Sunday. They didn't play average. They played below average. Just play to your level. Like show effort is yeah. the big thing. Effort. Play like a team. I don't care if you're not talented. You play like a team on defense, and you can get stops. We don't need like Miles Garrett to carry us and to think that he has to. Him and Denzel Ward have to make every play for us. If everyone does their job. It's on our defensive coordinator. If we give up touchdowns, it's his fault. If you do your job. There's like I can't complain if Sendejo blocks on that punt. I can't complain. It's the play call's fault. Sendejo covers the guys he's supposed to cover and makes plays that he's supposed to play. It's our it's our coach's fault. But when I have to sit there and be like, what the hell was this defender doing? Why is this guy wide open? And like question specific players. That's where I have an issue. I'd much rather be next Monday or actually it would probably be Friday when we're recording the breakdown of the next game. When we're all sitting here, I'd much rather say, wow, our defensive coordinator fucked that play up than saying, wow, Sendejo, our entire safety unit, and our linebackers are awful. Yeah, definitely. And Joe Woods, I think he he did all right defensive play calling. He just needs to be more vocal, like get these guys fired up to play, you know, play hard, show effort. You know, like I said, Robert Sala does. You know, I would love to see something like that. Maybe not to that level, but it'd be awesome to see something like that. Yeah, and he got thrown into the worst possible first game he could have had. The like yeah. hardest offense besides the Chiefs to play against. So this is his game to show us what he can do with an average defensive unit and what his defense is really capable of. So I'm hoping he turns out. Um, do we, if either of you don't have any final comments, I think we can wrap up the podcast there. Yeah, I think that's good. So, obviously, this was one of our sadder, more critical podcast episodes that is also exacerbated by the fact that the Indians have been choking against the Twins recently. So, Cleveland sports have been looking down. Hopefully, what we said we want to see and what we think will happen against the Bengals comes true. So, look out for an episode on the Bengals after that game. Uh, yeah, make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Mad Dog Pod. Comment, like, get into the conversation. You know, we're, we've been tweeting a lot about the Browns and Indians recently, and we also post every, you know, once in a while. So just make sure to follow us on both Instagram and Twitter at Mad Dog Pod. Uh, make sure to rate and subscribe to our podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Podbean, um, and share it with a couple friends. Share with a couple depressed Browns fans right now. Um. Yeah, as we said, make sure to just get in on the conversation. We love listening to things that you guys have to say about Cleveland sports. Hopefully our next episode will be a happy reaction to us dominating the Bengals on national TV on Thursday Night Football. But until then, check out a couple of our past episodes about the Indians, about the NBA drafts, about NBA player rankings, and we'll catch you on the next episode.